episode 18 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican with Editor-in-Chief Joe LaTemplio, Night Editor Ben Rowe, I am Sports Editor Joey LaFranca, and we are back. How are we doing? Joey Bats, doing good. Ben? Shout out to Joey for saying Editor-in-Chief flawlessly every single time. Yes, every, sing- every single time. No, there's no doubt about it. We actually had, I actually had a question the other day. Are we doing Editor-in-Chief hyphenated or is it just Editor-in-Chief no hyphens anymore? I've been I don't hyphenating even, it. What, what's the correct way to do it? I have not been hyphenating. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I've seen it both ways. So I'm not sure. It's, it's all one phrase. Right. I feel like, I mean, editor in chief. I feel like Joe should decide this for us. I I mean, I thought I've seen it hyphenated, honestly, more than not. But I saw with yours, a co- with a couple of your byline credits, it's just been no hyphenated. Well, how, does, how do we do commander in chief? Ooh. Good question. That's a good question. Well, I think we'll be... Readers, send us your choices. I think we'll be... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this is so not important, but this is what we will lead the podcast with today. <laughs> Commander-in-Chief is hyphenated. Okay, so I think we have to hyphenate it then. No. No? You don't like it? I mean, honestly, you're the editor-in-chief. You can do whatever well, you want. Well, in the, in, the in the Demi Lovato song, Commander-in-Chief, she does not hyphenate it, and I mean, I feel like she's an authority on many things. Demi Lovato? So, yes. Okay, so we'll just follow what she does? Mm-hmm. There All you right. go. That's fair enough. Um, but we were talking about basically what we wanted to talk about today before we started this, and there's a number of things going on, uh, and unfortunately, the coronavirus is really taking a toll once again, and the numbers are skyrocketing, and for the first time, oh, I don't know if last week we were at it, but we definitely are now. We have over 100 cases in Clinton County, and there are certainly a number of cases as well in Essex County and Franklin County right now. So I'll kick it to you, Joe. Uh, you can give a brief synopsis of what's going on right now as far as COVID's concerned. Yeah, as you say, the numbers alarmingly keep going up in all three counties mostly, uh, especially Clinton County. We're over the 100 mark um, recently, and we had a big spike. Um the thing about this whole thing, from my perspective, is it's all about the feel. Last March and April, when this thing first hit and got out of control, we had a feel kind of, kind of like panic. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on edge. Okay, we got to be careful. We got to do this. We got to do that. And everybody's senses were heightened and awareness was heightened. Then we got used to it in the summer. Numbers went down. We got used to it. Now we're right back up to the where the numbers were before and even beyond. Yeah. Which makes it the worst it's been. But I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel this sense of urgency out there anymore. And everybody keeps saying it. Oh, we got to be careful. We got to be careful like we were before. But I don't know if the attitude or the feel is quite the same as it was in March and April. And I'm thinking maybe we need that slap in the face, that sense of urgency Mm. to get back to where we were and taking this as seriously as we should be. I mean, people were predicting this back in the summer is the fact that they said the winter's going to be hard for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's cold. Um, Everyone's inside more. But in my view, more as we talked about before is that Back when this first hit, nothing was really happening. It was March, mm-hmm. it was April. It was just kind of months where usually we didn't even have that much to think about in the first place. But now in the holidays, it's like, this is really, and again, we can't emphasize this enough of the podcast. Yeah, it sucks. 
is the fact that like I want to celebrate the holidays and sure. I don't want to be thinking about all this stuff. And so it's actually it's interrupting our lives now. But Joe has a point is the fact that we have to go kind of back to that mentality of like, this is out there, it's real, it's, it's sickening and you know, and it's, uh, you know, affecting a lot of our community members. And um, I'm not, I mean, obviously, we don't have the answer to how to get people's attention, but um, hopefully the numbers and well, we try our best, we put the numbers on the front page and well, try and spread the word. And, <laughs> and one of the things is, I mean, we have to get back to taking this seriously. I think as the summer went on and the numbers went down and we approached fall, the numbers were still good. And you talked about, yeah, we knew the winter was going to be rough. I think people kind of felt, oh, we've we fixed this. It's getting better. Maybe the winter won't be so rough. Mm -hmm. But, yes. man, did that change in a heartbeat. Yeah. And one of the things, I mean, we talk about uh, wearing masks, social distancing, uh, washing hands, avoiding crowds. Um which some people will do, some people just won't, and that's the problem. The another thing I've been hearing lately, more recently, and, and we will address this in this weekend's press Republican. Um, people are not; some people are not cooperating with contact tracing, right? Um, for many reasons, uh, they don't want to tell the government where they've been. It's none of their business. They don't want to rat their friends out and have their friends be forced to be quarantined for 14 days. Um, and they just, some of them just think it's none of your business. Um, that's a problem. Um, even if it's a small percentage, um, if the health officials, they need to find this virus where it is out there. And contact tracing is one of the most effective ways they have to do it. I talked to the sheriff's department, uh, Major Leon, today, He's helping uh, oversee the contact tracing. His emphasis was, we're not trying to arrest people. We don't want to get people in trouble. We're trying to save lives. We need this information. That's all we want. And an example of that is, remember the Altona party? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, how, how could we forget it, honestly? Exactly. A big bash in the woods uh, led to some cases. Um, contact tracing, obviously, was key for that. And we heard rumblings back then that there was people not cooperating with the contact oh, tracing. 100%, yeah. But, but nobody got in trouble. Nobody got arrested. Uh -huh. um, that's an example. They're, look, what you did probably wasn't a good decision, but we're not interested in that right now. We need to know who is there, who is in contact, sure. um, so we can you know, stem this virus. So I would urge everyone... To cooperate with the health department uh, in contact tracing if you get called. Um, you know, being quarantined for 7 to 14 days is not the end of the world. No. Okay? Especially if it will save your life. I think that that's, you couldn't have said it any better. And the contact tracing situation up here, okay, so let's subtract Plattsburgh State. And let's just talk about the North Country community. I think one of the biggest issues with the contact tracing right now is how... There is no gigantic cluster. It's not the Essex Center. It's not the college. Right. It's just community members all over the place. And with that in mind, how can you do really great contact tracing where, okay, COVID case over here, COVID case over there, COVID case over here. There's no easy way to pinpoint the contact tracing. So For contact tracing, I should say. 
which makes it that much more important. But I feel like that's creating a bigger margin for error or, like you said, a lack of cooperation. And when you can't pinpoint, okay, what is it? What, what There's like a, over 110 cases now um, in Clinton County actively. When you can't pinpoint a lot of those in one direction, that's really tough. And I think that's what's making things a lot harder right now in terms of trying to get things locked down, safe, and really trying to prevent the spread of the virus. Right. I mean, the bottom line is we need cooperation. Um, you know, we talked about schools. Um, they're on the verge, from what we're hearing, of many of them, of going all remote again. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them already have. Yeah. Um, now you can make the argument that, um, you know, schools, the numbers in schools are actually pretty low. It's a controlled environment. They might be better off there than they would elsewhere. Um, and I talked to some other educators who say bars, restaurants, gyms, places like that is probably where a lot of the spread is occurring and is not happening in schools. Yeah. Why would you close schools? You need to close bars, restaurants, gyms, because people don't have to go there. People don't need to go to a bar or a restaurant. But kids need to be in school. It's it's important. It's very important. Yes, I say that. Of course, we don't want to close bars and restaurants and gyms. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. Economically, it's important. It's, you know, these are businesses. They're small businesses. They're our lifeblood. We want to see them open and, and thrive. Uh, but when it comes to the safety um, aspect, I mean, schools are pro- are not are probably a more safe place for kids to be um, than a lot of these other places. But then again, you know, they leave school. Where do they go? They go home, and you can't control that. So it's a tough situation for everybody. And the schools could certainly be viewed as a super spreader, without a doubt. They but could be. But they could not, be. But to this point. They have not. No. And that's what gets back to you talking about a controlled environment. You know where these kids are going to be from, you know, let's just say 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., something of that nature. That's great. And also, too, when kids have a routine, they are less likely to basically wander off. I don't mean wander off literally, but you know what I mean. They have professional oversight. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's why having schools open, at least, even, if, even if kids are doing, um, you know, like what some of these schools are doing. Okay, you're in the A group. Okay, you're going Monday, Tuesday. Okay, yeah. you're in the B group. You're going uh, Thursday, Friday, something like that. Even if, it's, uh, even if it's not every day, just something to give these, pe- give these kids some structure. And that's what we were lacking in March and April. And I wanted to get back to what you said about not feeling the the uh, the, pressure. the 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 fear or the whatever you want to say the, the yeah the the basically the uneasiness I feel like would be a great word for it. I am starting to feel it, and I'm starting to feel it because there's I don't know what it is about the winter, and it's just kind of ominous sometimes to begin with. Yep. But I'm starting to see. I'll give you a perfect example, and we'll get more into sports in a little bit here. But on, on Saturday, this past Saturday, we got word that there were COVID cases within, there was a COVID case found within Plattsburgh High School, and they decided to go remote. Um, and with that in mind, the sporting, the Plattsburgh High boys soccer team was supposed to play Beekman Town in a championship game for soccer, and that got postponed. Later, it was canceled. 
I thought to myself at that point, here we go. What was the triggering event of all of this when it started? When the NBA decided to shut down its season. Yep. That was a huge triggering point where all of a sudden Americans in general went, oh no, COVID just took my NBA away. This is real. And it really started to hit home for a lot of people. Absolutely. And on that day, I said to myself, this is the NBA, but on a local level to a certain extent. It's starting to take away sports again. And that's why it hit me the way it has. And I've kind of been operating with the mindset of more of what I was feeling in, in March and especially April as I am now. So that was something that I, I felt might be interesting from an anecdote from my perspective um, to, to bring things to light is I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it a little bit more. But Ben, what do you, what do you feel about it? I guess that... And I, I wish, I think the sports is a good segue, but my, my last yeah, thought we'll, on we'll it. Yeah, we'll go back to sports. No, we'll go back yeah, to sports after. It's the fact that my last thought on it is the fact that a takeaway that I've gotten from speaking to professionals um, or hearing from professionals as well, um, speaking to people on Facebook and that kind of thing, is the fact that um, it's even something that Kara and I were talking about the other day, reporter Kara Chapman, is that John Canoza, the local health official, who has been often the voice and face of the COVID efforts locally. You know, when we asked him about um, Thanksgiving, is that he didn't say, you know, no, cancel Thanksgiving. You are not allowed to have Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is bad. He said, look, you know, just limit the number of people that you have around. Be safe. Be smart. Is the fact that, and I was telling Kara, I appreciate that because when... You tell somebody, and it's just human nature, when you tell somebody, no, you cannot do that, then the natural pushback is, you, you know, is that, no, you know, screw you, I'm going to do it. And I told Kerry, he's smart, and that's why he's the dude, the big health professional dude. <laughs> that's why he's John Canosa. Yes, because he knows that the message has to be, look, I get it, it's tough, but just be smart about it. And I feel like that's a big thing especially nowadays, and again, online, is that there's often the two, I mean, the internet is just all about fighting, but is that often the message is, well, one side doesn't care about the other side and vice versa. No, we all understand, and I think we would agree all around this table, that it's tough, that we want to get together with the big families and we want to, you figure, talk about personal anecdotes. I moved into a new apartment back in April, in the middle of the pandemic <laughs> and I still haven't had anybody over to that new apartment yet because I don't want people over there because that's not what you're supposed to be doing during these times and that's tough is that you know I I like having people over but it's just that I feel like for everybody out there who wants to promote the message of be safe don't do it in a scolding way don't do yeah. it in the way of like you are bad if you think this do it in the way of look I get it but we got to try, you know, try be, your best. Be smart. Yeah. And I yes. think we saw some of that reaction with the governor. Yes. And he said uh, no more than 10 mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. And then he scolded the sheriffs who were saying we're not going to go around mm -hmm. enforcing this. Um, the governor's taken a lot of flack. There's been a lot of memes. <laughs> uh, I love my memes. Yes. And, 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 and it has not been well received mm -hmm. at all. Um, and that's to your point. Um, uh, you know, you got to find a better way to get your message out. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, we've we kind of lost the we're all in this together message from March and April, where, and even June is where people were putting out signs and rainbows, et cetera, saying, we'll get through this together. Now it's like, 
you versus me. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. It's like, no, we're all in this. <laughs> so let's all try and do our best and be nice to our neighbors and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Joe, you gotta no, not I, have a I condescending agree. side. No, I'm just thinking, you know, we're coming off a, an election that's still yes. lingering, and that doesn't help bring people together. Um, I just, I, you're right. I hope we can come together and put all this other nonsense behind us. And one thing that has been bringing people together a lot recently is local sports. Yeah, for sure. And um, this past this past weekend. Uh, brought the end to the very bizarre, whatever word you want to use, fall sports season where athletes are wearing masks. We have mask break during soccer games, which is the weirdest thing that I feel like we've still seen. Is One note on that yeah. is that there was an article that you wrote recently where one of the players said, all right, things were going a little rough. Then we took our mask break. Yeah. Strategize. Yeah. They're like, that's cool. So and they had the time out there, and they're like, all right, mask break. Okay, everybody, how yeah. are we going to do this? And, and in one game, um, they called for a mask break um, <laughs> when another team had a corner kick. Mm-hmm. So when you get two minutes to set yeah. up your corner you kick. You drop a corner kick. I play. thought that was cool. It's, it's that this, yeah. that's an advantage, unfair advantage. Oh, absolutely. So, well, I okay, mean, okay, basi- wait, wait, mask break, mask break. All right. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna Basically, do. the way it worked during these games were uh, – Instantaneously, whenever the first stoppage was after the twenty-minute mark of each half, that's when they that's when they had the mass break. So it didn't matter if it was a throw-in, a corner kick, a goal kick, whatever. Um, even if there was in one case where a game I was at, there was an injury stoppage, and they just they said, "Okay, we'll do the mass break now." Um, but getting back to just everything in general, it was nice to see Section Seven pull off a, 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 a fall sports season that, in essence, incredible. Other than uh, one championship game that I referenced, the Plattsburgh High Beekman Boys Lake Region Championship, that was that ended up being canceled due to the contact ongoing contact tracing efforts at the time at Plattsburgh High regarding their COVID case. Um, the other sporting event was a consolation between the Plattsburgh High girls and the Beekman girls. And then I didn't what, even know they were going to have yes, consolation. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, well, some schools opted to have it, some schools didn't. It was just another game. Yeah. And if you were to if you were to ask people. Um, just in general, these were all just extra games with with a little bit bigger of an incentive because yeah. there weren't sectionals, there was no state tournament this year right. or anything like that. Yeah. And the only other thing that was uh, canceled due to uh, COVID-related things were the last gymnastics meet between Peru and Plattsburgh High, um, which was actually going to be uh, Friday, uh, this, this Friday. With that in mind, the fact that only three sporting events all fall Amazing. were canceled due to COVID-related issues, is remarkable. Section 7 did a tremendous job really rallying people together because, let's face it, and I don't know, I don't think we talked about it before because it was kind of a touchy subject, but everybody kind of knows about it now and we can bring it up. There were a lot of schools who did not want, the schools, there were some schools who ended up participating in sports who did not want to participate. And it was, it was, it I'd say about 50%? Yeah, it created some controversy because, and and people were saying, okay, we'll only participate in sports if this is what you do. And like, we're not going to play a school that travels out of county and this and that. And that was going on. And that's understandable. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, Section 7 said we will host a fall sport, we will host a fall sport season. And then all the schools have the option of whether or not to actually participate. And that's what ended up happening. So that was really good to see. And so we completed a full soccer season. We completed a full, and I, by full, I mean full in 2020, a full cross-country season. 
a full gymnastics season and a full um, uh, girls swimming season. So that was all really great to see. And it gave the kids, like we mentioned before, some structure. And Ben, you've said it a couple times throughout, and I feel like you, could, you it would be great for you to share it now, is you're certainly not into the sports world, obviously like I am or even Joe is, but still, you said it best at one point. It, it even provided a sense of normalcy for you at times, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to just kind of go off of that a little bit, go well, ahead. Well, it's just that, yeah, that seeing the pictures and seeing the articles and is that for a second in reading the articles, and I think this is a testament to your writing, Joey, is mm-hmm. the fact that when you read a Press Republican Sports article, every sentence didn't end with COVID-19. It was about the, the corner kicks and the penalties and sure. the et cetera, et cetera. And the victories and the funny moments and the heartwarming moments is that it was a little escape. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little portal into pre-COVID times where all you had to think about was, you know, the players and Jenna Ford hitting her 100th, whatever. 100th goal, yeah. Yes. And shout out to... The Fords and Willsboro. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But it's, no, it's just that any time that we can provide that level of escape is, I think, is good. Yeah. Well, it, it was very important because I know for a lot of these kids, um, some schools, I think like Saranac, those, the high school kids did not actually go back to high school Correct. in person until last week. Mm-hmm. So for afternoon soccer was the only time they got mm-hmm. to be with their classmates. Sure. Um, that was crucial. I mean, these kids need that. Um, you know, being homeschooled or remote schooling is difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kudos to Section 7. They did it. It's amazing. Yeah. But they did it. And thank you, Mother Nature. <laughs> yes. For Except quiet. for Saturday. <laughs> Except for last Saturday. Now, I was, from my understanding I was of freezing. seeing the reporters coming back in freezing cold over the weekend, is that it seems one like... One day. We had seven days of 70 <laughs> yeah, degrees yes. but in I November. Co- on the one cold day, I covered three soccer games. <laughs> <laughs> it seems as though... Yeah, almost as if they planned it, <laughs> is that we slipped in right under the cold weather radar, and it's yeah. like, okay, all right, wrap it up and get cold. Right, exactly. Done. <laughs> and to, to just uh, give a little nod to some of the champions this year, so in the mountain region of uh, the Section 7 uh, soccer tournament, the uh, Saranac boys as well as the Saranac girls um, ended up winning the mountain championships. In the valley region, the Shazy boys and Shazy girls both won. And then in the Lake region, uh, like I had said before, the boys' championship didn't end up being played, but uh, kudos to both Plattsburgh High and Beepin Town as the lower seeds. They actually made it to the championship, so they both scored technically upset wins. Um, both won nothing overtime wins in their semifinal game, so that was really great to see. And then in the other, uh, in, in, in the girls' Lake region championship, uh, Mackenzie Brown uh, put on a show for Peru, uh, scoring a hat trick, and Peru ends up winning three to nothing. Uh, Bree Brusso made a couple great saves for Peru to uh, end up helping uh, Peru knock off NCCS, and that is the first championship of now what we would like to refer to as the Peru Nighthawks. Nighthawks. Hey. So the Nighthawks now will have a banner that says Nighthawks on it, and the all crazy and weird Northern Soccer League Fall Tournament Lake Region champions, <laughs> um, but. One final a banner? Thing. Yeah, a banner. A banner? A banner, yes. The Saranac Let's Boys. tell the story about the banner. Why don't you go ahead and tell the story about the banner? <laughs> All in good fun. Yes. Um, the Saranac Boys, which uh, defeated Saranac Lake in the mountain yes. region pod. Oh, before you go any further, by the way, 
kudos to Joe Latempio, who just got into the sports trenches with me on Saturday mm-hmm. and covered a soccer game because there were five soccer games going on. I did cover three, but there's no way I could have humanly, yeah, unless there were more spread out, covered five. So Joe mm-hmm. got in the trenches with me. Yes, I was going to mention the game which I covered at Saranac High School. Mm-hmm. The Saranac Chiefs won 2 to nothing. And as per tradition, they all gathered in front of the goal to mm-hmm. get a team picture. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, someone produced a full-length <laughs> banner declaring them the Mountain Region <laughs> champs with their record, I think, and yeah. every kid's name and the coach's names oh, proudly displayed <laughs> on the banner, the pre-made banner. Yes. Um, which, you know... For the purposes of getting your picture taken as champions is really cool. Sure. You got this banner. Of course. But it raised questions. <laughs> Where did it come from? <laughs> Why did they print it before they won? Yeah. Is it a little ostentatious? That's a, that's a, state, uh, that's a statement right there. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so my prediction is that will be a trend. Yes. Um, you I would think have, so. In, before championship games, teams making banners... And if they win, great, they're all set. And if they lose, hide the banner, hide the banner, <laughs> throw it away. Well, it's like it's like with teams in the Super Bowl. They make T-shirts hats and hats for both and teams. Shirts, yep. And mm-hmm. what happens with the losing shirts? I don't know. I mean, I wait, pe- they don't they don't sell the losing shirts. Is that be a good novelty? Well, like, I mean, I think a lot of the shirts honestly probably go to like charity and stuff like that. To be yeah. uh, to be honest, um, but th- but you know, I mean, because they're still shirts, they still work. They just it doesn't make any <laughs> sense to see you know like la- la- last year. Uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl champions because that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, that was nice. And I was actually joking with um, because they the Saranac boys obviously made that in advance. I was joking with a couple people because that that banner topic came up at yes. the Peru Northeastern Clinton uh, girls game afterward. And I made the joke that I said, man, I hope Prue didn't make theirs too early. It might say Indian still. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was nice to see. Um, but, yeah, and one final thing um, is the uh, Saranac girls end up uh, sending off their longtime coach with a uh, championship. And I'm sure you would like to – I think you know I think you, know the, Sar- I think you know the Saranac coach a little bit, Joe. Yes, for those of you who may not know, Mary Lotempleo, my wife, is the Saranac girls soccer coach and has been for the last 32 years. Um, she decided um, to um, retire this after this season. Um, and she just turned 55, and she'll probably be retiring from her job as a elementary school counselor at Saranac Elementary School as well. Um, it, it was a difficult decision. Uh, because of, well, mostly because of COVID. Sure. Um, she was looking to head into her last year with um, probably, arguably, the best team she's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, they were solid from goal on out. And she was concerned over the summer about even having a season. Right. And they had this summer league going, and she wasn't going to do it at first, but then she thought, you know what, when the fall comes, we probably won't have sports. So this might be their only chance to, to be together as a team, so I'm going to do it. Yep. So she did the summer league, which was nice. They got to play. And then we started the fall league a couple weeks late or a month late. Um, but they got the season, and they got 13 games in. That's yep. a season. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a season. The girls came together. Um, they played very well. They got along well. Um, and they went out with a win. 
Mm-hmm. And they finished with a 12-1 and record. Yeah. One loss against a tough Beekman Town game in a tough game. That was a tremendous game. It was. It was. So they had a, by all accounts, they had an amazing season. And it was a great way for her to go out. And, um, you know, she's coached a lot of kids, a lot of games. Um, and she just felt really good to have a chance one more time to make a difference in kids' life, give them a positive experience, teach them a little bit about sports and life, and uh, just have fun playing a game you love. Yeah. And it was really nice to see. It was a great way to end her career. And everybody was so nice. They gave her a nice tribute that week. Um, they made a nice video for her and gave her some nice gifts. Cool. And then... I was this. going to say, as much as you're talking about these kids <laughs> and being so nice and angels, they're also vandals. <laughs> Whoa. They revived an age-old tradition. Absolute vandals. Um, of trashing the coach's house in front yard. <laughs> Whoa. Um, this was something her teams in the early 2000s <laughs> did for seven or eight years. Well, maybe, maybe ten years. <laughs> they would celebrate the end of preseason, the grueling three-week training session sure. at the beginning of the season. By decorating our front yard with <laughs> all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Streamers. Uh, I saw some balloons. Ads, balloons. Toilet shaving, paper. Uh, yeah. Whatever. One year, um, they were going to, uh, getting ready for, who, I forget who they are going to play, and Mary said, let's stick a fork in them. So they put like 2,000 plastic forks in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All in good fun, and That's they awesome. came over last Saturday night, and they did the same thing, and and they had a blast, mm-hmm. and they revived the old tradition because they hadn't done it in seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, so that was nice to see uh, the whole thing come full circle. So, yeah, my wife is very happy. I'm very happy for her, and uh, she had a great career. Oh, absolutely, and I think that is a perfect time for us to uh, go into our next segment of some nice little fun hockey Jersey reviews that will be coming up, and we we will also be bringing in staff writer Ben Watson, or as I like to call him, Pete. And maybe one time we'll go into why that yes. that comes up. Um, <laughs> but you know, we'll save that for another time. But yeah, I'm very happy that Mary had basically as perfect of an ending as possible. Pretty much. And Pretty I much. and I think and I think that's really cool. Um, and hopefully next year when we're talking about soccer and other fall sports, we will not be talking about it in terms of how that is. In the COVID world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something to maybe look forward to. But for now, like we said, kudos to Section 7. And kudos to all the athletes, coaches, and really everyone involved in trying to mm-hmm. make this work. I think it was a really good uh, sports cliche time here. For It was a team effort. It really was. And I think, I think a lot of people have a lot to be proud of. So we'll see what happens moving forward with the winter. Um, but for now... We will uh, say goodbye and we will transition to our little hockey review. And we're back. Sports editor Joey LaFranco with night editor Ben Rowe and editor-in-chief Joe LaTemplio. And we have staff writer and every other title imaginable Ben Watson with us. And we are going to be talking about the new NHL reverse retro jerseys that just came out on Monday. And Ben Watson and I did a nice, uh, well, a fairly lengthy, I would say, because it took up a whole newspaper page, uh, review of all of these jerseys. And I'm just curious, first of all, Joe, um, now that you've kind of seen some things, you know, you're a, you, you are a huge hockey savant. 
What did you think of the uh, the review that Ben Watson and I did? Well, first of all, nobody can listen or believe anything Ben Watson says. He's a Habs fan for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, so it's a let's pure start coincidence right that Toronto and the Bruins are near the very end. Pure, <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyways, having said uh, that, I um, put that in there. Don't worry, it's in there. <laughs> it's. Um, it's interesting for sure, and it's pretty cool, all these different jerseys. And I think for the most part, you guys did pretty good. Okay. Um, can't complain uh, too much. Um, although I'm not getting the hate you guys have for the Red Wings jersey. Why? Uh, that's kind of like Penn State generic. Uh, ah. I think it has an element of coolness to it. White and gray. Ben, do you want to take this first, or do you want me to jump on? You can go ahead. Okay. If Detroit was going to be headed for a scrimmage, that's the jersey they should wear. (laughs) That's not a... It's like an intra-squad scrimmage jersey. (laughs) That's not not a game jersey. It's almost like they thought, you know what? We're going to save money and not put a lot of color on this. No. This says, we don't give a damn about the jerseys. We're going to go out and kick your ass. (laughs) Except it's Detroit. (laughs) Well, (laughs) 20 years ago, 15 years ago, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. But I, I liked what... I think you said it, Ben. And with the fact that they're an original six, yeah, that doesn't team. present you all that many options. Yeah, because it's not like they, they've always pretty much had the same type of, of jersey and design and whatnot. Hockey so it's, town. It's, I don't think exactly. I've ever seen them use gray in any of their jerseys before. No, I'm not so sure where that came from. That the Detroit Red Wings jersey ranked last in both. Ben yes, Watson and I's rankings, it. and it will stand there, even though Joe does not like that. The um, Some of the other ones, I, I have to say, the Canadians blue jersey is pretty cool. I agree. Um, the St. Louis Blues. No. <laughs> no. So you like my, you like, did you read my synopsis blue, on that? They're not red. So for, for anybody who hasn't seen these rankings yet, and they were in Thursday's newspaper, and they're also online on PressRepublican.com, um, my synopsis of the St. Louis Blues jersey, which is a combination, the, the blue logo, the Blues logo, which is like a music note, is blue. The primary part of the jersey is red with a little bit of blue at the bottom, and there's a little bit of yellow involved around the neckline and near the bottom of the jersey. But my review of this one, and there are a lot of funny reviews, and this is why you should read this because you will get a giggle out of it at least, is I said too much happening here. Did McDonald's and Burger King agree to co-sponsor a hockey uniform with their restaurant colors? It's wild, but it's a little too wild for my taste. Yeah, I mean, they actually, they flip-flopped the colors. Yeah, because back in their old ones, it was red at the bottom. Red at the bottom, yeah. And that same pat, like same template, but it was red and blue flipped. Yeah. Which, I guess, is the whole concept. <laughs> it is reverse retro. I don't know. I didn't have that ranked all that high. I had it at 17 because I, do, I don't mind it, but I also don't really have that strong of feelings. I, it's, it's just kind of there for me. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree. Um, ben Rowe, you as your non-hockey, non... I mean, I, I would consider... I would consider person. of all of your sports, I think of all the sports that you have, hockey is the last one that I feel like you have any type of expertise in. So expertise. I, want, I, I have a strong appreciation for hockey. Yes. But no, I know next to nothing so about it. So I want to know what your take are on the jerseys. Okay, here we go. And again, I have the least amount of bias of anyone in the room right now. <laughs> Number one about the... Uh, Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> Every, we're all talking about the Red Wings one. Oh, there it is. Okay, I pulled it off my phone, but it is there. All right, I like it. 
Why? See? I See? like it because it reminds me of one of my favorite enemies in the Kirby game. <laughs> okay. It's like it's a it's a wheel with like a bunch of stuff coming off the back, and I'm like, yeah, I I would totally wear that and. Okay, but then wheel. you would also wear any Detroit Red Wings jersey then, because they all have that wing, yeah, that winged yeah. wheel. Yeah, okay. so that one, that one's up high. <laughs> um, number two, I am digging. What's this one? That is the Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes I am it's digging the, the Carolina the Hurricanes because it looks like somebody's like designing some weird app, and like that is the. <laughs> That is the logo it's of the, the green. Wheel. Yes, Ben yeah. Watson, go ahead and explain the whole concept of that jersey. So, I mean, they just wholesale took a Hartford Oh, Wales. it's a whale. Yeah, it's a whale. <laughs> it's a W and then a whale tail. Um, but they just took an old Hartford Whalers jersey and brought it back because Carolina is actually the team that moved out of Hartford Hartford yep. into Carolina. Um, no, no, that, that one gets props. Um, and then yeah. then what's the deal here? Because this one might that be is, a favorite. That, that's a good one. That is the Calgary Flames. Well, yes, there's just like a horse with like fire, fire coming out of his it's nose. A, it's a like, horse dragon. Yes. No, that that one, somebody's like, you know, all right, so what's our logo? Well, it's a horse. All right, make it better. Well, there's fire. <laughs> and then there we go. Um, then this one. The Mighty Ducks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that jersey is just pure... He's going like full Kool-Aid man through the wall and like, yes. He's breaking straight through the ice. (laughs) Ben, why don't you read your, Ben Watson I should say, why don't you read your synopsis of that one? Because I thought it was pretty good. This, the jersey has a cartoon duck bursting through a sheet of ice on the front and an almost Comic Sans-like font for the name and number on the back. The jersey is full team chaos and I love it. Because I do. It's actually a throwback to, it's almost like shot for shot, an exact replica of a jersey they used in the 90s. And it's just pure weird, and I love it. I don't know. It's it's It looks like an 8-year-old designed it, but that is why I love yes, it. Yes, that yeah. was at first. I'm like, wait, Superman? No, it's a duck. Mighty ducks. Yeah, yes. and, and do you know, you know how people will say sometimes, it's so weird, it's good? Yeah. I appreciate it, but it did not rank high on my list. I, I don't ranked, think it ranked high on mine either. I'm I like right it, in the middle. I ranked it number 26. They couldn't get the whole gimmicky side of things past me. It was, I, I, I don't know. I appreciate how it's kind of kooky but at the same time i don't know the one thing that i will appreciate is how many times is there a scenario where you have a jersey and then there's a logo on a jersey and like the mascot of the duck is also wearing a jersey so you have yeah. a jersey on a jersey jerseyception so like so how cool is that from that perspective and then the last one that really grabs my attention out of all of these is this elephant one the elephant one Oh, 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 that's yes. It does kind of look like an elephant, <laughs> yes, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um, so that's the Quebec Nordiques uh, jersey, actually. But that was the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, that's who the Nordiques, when the Nordiques moved to Colorado, that's who they became. So the Colorado Avalanche have adopted the Nordiques jersey, but with the Colorado Avalanche color scheme. Because, yes, because I'm just like... <laughs> yes, I'm and it's, just, an, it's, an, it's an igloo. Turning it different angles, I'm like... It's a... It's an odd logo. It's, a, it's always been an odd ball, logo. There's... It's a stick and puck in an igloo. Um, I don't know. Quebec Nordiques, they're from the North Snow. But uh, I I almost wish they might have... They could have left, like, such a... I don't know, I guess I'm being hypocritical because Carolina did it, too, and I actually like the Hartford jersey. 
But I wouldn't have minded seeing um, the Nordiques sweater kind of staying in the past with the Nordiques and having Colorado do something of their own. But everybody else seemed to like the the Colorado. I like back. it. I like <laughs> it. You like that one, yeah, Joe? What cool. what what would you consider some of your top ones, Joe? Um, I I do like the Los Angeles Kings. I like that Purple one too. Purple and gold is their color. When I was a kid, that's what they were. Yes, they when they first came into the league, they were purple and gold with this awesome crown mm-hmm. of jewels on the. And did the they chest. have the yellow helmets too? Uh, they did. Yeah, they did purple helmets and yellow helmets at home because the home one was a gold one, much like the okay. Bruins have now. Yep. But um, I used to go to the Rochester Americans games in Rochester in the AHL, and the Springfield Kings were Los Angeles farm oh, team. Oh, cool. Okay. And they wore identical purple uniforms. Nice. And in person, those things pop, as yeah. you say. Oh, I'm sure. So they were they were really cool. And I don't understand the Pittsburgh Penguins. They mm. didn't use any of their old blue. No. Is there a picture of those ones on here? Which, the Pittsburgh Penguins one? Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's just the word Pittsburgh. Yeah. Their where's, old where's the uniforms used to be black and blue. Yes. Um, yes. And you're right. Where's the penguin? It, where's the penguin? It's yeah. on the shoulder. And it, like, yes, <laughs> it's, it's on the shoulder, but it's not the primary. The You can't see it in that picture, Joe, that we're looking at, but yeah. like it's on the shoulder. Right. So, But it's not the primary feature. They of that chose jersey. possibly the most boring jersey of yeah. their history to throw back to yeah. because in the I 90s, agree. they did have a full black jersey with, I think it was either yellow or white lettering down the middle, said Pittsburgh diagonally like that. But why would you go with that? They're never, I my I think I said it in my review, diagonal uh, text jerseys don't really ever work unless you're the Rangers. It's <laughs> not yeah. pleasing to the eye. Because uh, your, your eye is like, wait, what's it trying to say? Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. And yeah. Ben, even the why Rangers don't, why don't, did well. Why don't you go ahead and read my review well, of the, uh, the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins jersey? Because I feel like you reading it will just be pretty funny. <laughs> Where's the beef? I mean, the penguin. <laughs> I need the penguin. I also don't like reading things diagonally, and there's not enough color going on. Give me more black and yellow, which Khalifa would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Joe would re- real, uh, realize the Wiz Khalifa reference. I, I thought that's a sports thing, isn't it? Huh? It's a sports thing. It's the song, it? the black yeah. and yellow. Black I know, but it was about a sports team. I don't was it? Um, well, I mean, black and yellow are just kind of Pittsburgh, the yes. city of Pittsburgh's yeah, yeah. official yeah. colors, because yeah. all of their sports teams use black and yellow or black and gold, or right, yeah. whatever right. you want to call it. Um, but right. I was just thinking, it's the fact that one other thing is I want to play a little game. Mm-hmm. Can anyone here guess what my all-time favorite sports logo slash mascot is? What is what, there a hint? What sport is it? Um, basketball. Oh. Pelicans. Well, let me give a hint. Yes. Well, that's one guess from Joe, is that I'm a 90s kid. Oh, the Raptors. Yeah. Oh, the Raptors? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Back when you were a 90s kid, you saw the that, that red dinosaur with a basketball. You're like, <laughs> 90, yeah. yeah. They have a throwback to that Raptors jersey now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Something. No, I like that. So I, I figured I could give, like, I'll just list off a couple of my a couple of my favorites. So I ranked the Columbus Blue Jackets one as number one for mine, um, which I thought was very cool. It was really red. Uh, primary color was red. The logo pops. The white, like, on the on the top and the bottom of the jersey really brings it out. Honestly, and I gotta say the little stars on it really make it pop. If it didn't have that, it would be kind of flat. Doesn't like it kind of little... give like a Christmas feel? Yeah, <laughs> like you're looking at you're looking at Christmas lights. Yeah, it looks cozy. I like it. Yeah, and then the second one, I like the so it's not the most outrageous of them. I just like the color concept was the Tampa Bay Lightnings. 
um, which mm. is, which I I thought it was Ooh, cool yeah. because it brought back the two thousands type of logo, which Ben Watson you mentioned. It's jazz. Um, but also I really like that blue and the white, which are really their current co- current color yeah. uh, schemes. Um, but it's just crisp. And then my third favorite one uh, was the New Jersey Devils. It's <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's uh, green and red and white, and it's weird, but it works. Mickey Mouse organization. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse. What do you mean? You know, that's a famous quote. Uh, yeah, okay, I've heard it before, Gretzky, but Gretzky go ahead and explain it. it. Gretzky said it once. Wayne Gretzky? Uh, yep. Okay. Wait, which one are we talking about here? The Chris, the one that looks like Christmas. They were fighting with Jersey oh, or yeah. something, and he's, he called, referred to them as a Mickey Mouse organization, and he got all kinds of grief for it. That's <laughs> actually going, pretty funny. I'm, I'm after rec- Jersey. Just, just in general, it's odd that I recognize that logo just like being out there. That's a recognizable logo. The I Devil's logo? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, what was it? Sign? Yeah. Yes. Kind of yes. That. Well, Elaine's uh, boyfriend, Putty. <laughs> Go Devils! <laughs> At a Rangers game. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's like, there's two Seinfeld episodes that are great in relation to sports. There's that one, and then there's the one where Elaine wears, uh, Joe, you, you would appreciate this, she wears the Orioles cap at the Yankee game. When they're sitting in the, when yep. they're sitting in the, all the, uh, the press seats. So I thought that would be, I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, those are my top three. A couple of my other favorites, like we mentioned, was the Calgary Flames one with the, the yeah. horse breathing, the horse dragon breathing fire, uh, the Arizona Coyotes one, which, uh, and was really nice. And, uh, yeah, I like uh, some of these jerseys are a lot better than others. I will say as an Islanders fan, huge disappointment. Where's the fisherman logo? Uh, this was the time to bring it back. Where's the anything? Yeah. I mean, they the just, anything different. as Ben Watson said, uh, Ben, well, actually, why don't you go ahead and read your review of the Islanders one? It's towards the end. Number 29. Yeah, there we go. Adidas really said, hey, can I copy your homework? And the Islanders front office said, sure, just don't make it look obvious. <laughs> so basically all they did was they flip-flopped the orange and white stripes that they have at the bottom. And the white is now on the top and the orange is at the bottom. And the powder blue that the Islanders usually have nowadays is just now navy blue, which is basically the jersey that they wore in the early 2000s to mid-2000s. And quite honestly, as an Islanders fan at that... This jersey doesn't remind me of anything good. <laughs> it doesn't remind me of... And I guess you could say the same about the Fisherman logo. But at least that'd be interesting. But in a time where like a lot of these jerseys are embracing a little bit more of the weird, this was the time to bring it back. Just give me something a little bit different. Well, and it's curious because we're sitting here talking about these jerseys. And somewhere, NHL executives are going... Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! No, yeah. they're gonna keep make. Talking, boys. Keep talking. They're gonna yeah. make like five hundred, six hundred dollars off of me easy. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is a, this is a classic money grab. Yep. Uh, based on sports paraphernalia, and, uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and they know that, and um, that's the bottom line. And uh, are these both sharks? One's a orca whale. Oh, okay, okay, then all right, then no complaints. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was going to say too many sharks, but so I So ben, ben Rowe is referencing the Vancouver Canucks and the San Jose Sharks jerseys. Vancouver's another really disappointing one for me. What do you of mean? All of, I, They're repping seating colors. <laughs> of all of their jerseys to throw back to, they chose yes. the That's radiant jersey. Their original jerseys when they first came in. Oh, the tremendous. Awesome. The one yes. with the skate? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they did just throw back to that last year, which might be, or might not have been, might have been two years ago, which might be why they didn't want to do it again. But, like, they just chose the weirdest possible. Like, <laughs> who remembers the maroon and navy blue gradient jersey they had in the early 2000s? Yeah. Mark Messier. 
They don't. Well, Vancouver and, and, fans and, don't talk about that. At, <laughs> at one time, they were black and yellow. Yeah. With the yellow V. Yes, and I'm pretty sure the only reason I know that is one of the, I was watching like old video of one of the Islanders Stanley Cup runs, and they played Vancouver one year. Yep. And that's those were the jerseys that they were wearing. Yep. Um, so that was kind of cool. Ben Watson, why don't you give the listeners your top three? Two of uh, two of your top two three. Two top are three are the like same mine. as yours, yes. actually. I didn't have Columbus Blue Jackets as high as you, but I had Tampa in the same spot. Yep. Number one, I had the Los Angeles Kings because. I, I love it whenever they do purple and gold <laughs> in their color scheme. Like, whenever they do a purple and gold jersey, it's one of my favorites, and this is no different. They took the jersey that they used in the mid, uh, mid-90s? mid No, early 90s, because they played the Habs in 93 in the cup finals in these jerseys, with that nice Kings sort of, like, shield logo on the front, but then they gave it the purple and gold, and... It's probably the other jersey I'm gonna buy, other than uh, the Habs one. Okay, so give what are what jerseys are you gonna buy for sure? You think at this point? At this point, two? Habs and Kings. Okay, talk to me in a couple of years. How, uh, much, <laughs> how much are they? Uh, they're they're probably two fifty like American with the no two fifty Canadian. Was I looking at the Canadian price? Uh-oh. You Canadian, <laughs> looking at the Canadian Well, price. I was ordering, I was looking at it on the Canadian's website, but it, it's expensive. <laughs> I might wait a little while until you get a sale. But And my second one was Tampa Bay Lightning, like I was saying, uh, just because I've always liked their early 2000s jerseys, and they brought back sure. everything good about like that layout and that logo, and they gave it a primary, the, their, being their new blue, which is a lot nicer, and I like that. Um, and then number three, I had Columbus Blue Jackets for a lot of the same reasons that you had. Yeah. I just, it's a nice, it's a nice jersey. And you, and you referenced July 4th for that one. <laughs> I said Christmas, um, but either one works. And the Washington Capitals one, by the way, with the old, like, you know, eagle with the stars yeah. on it. That's, that's Americana. I feel like Hulk Hogan could come out for a wrestling match wearing that. Also, respect for the Toronto Maple Leafs for being brave enough to just use the poster stamp as their logo. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was the thing that uh, stuck with me on their jersey too. Was um, I put them? I put them probably lower than they deserved. I have them at twenty five. It's not nobody, that bad of a jersey. Nobody's mentioned my Bruins. I well, I saw honest, the Bruins. Quite honestly, like, oh I yeah, there's the Bruins. <laughs> and then, I don't like it. Oh, yeah, I don't like it that much. It's too either. much yellow. It is. It's, oh, it, kind, it kind of it's hurts. So much yellow. I said. I said. I said. You my, never have too much yellow. You had Joey had it at twenty one. I had it at twenty four. It's. it's uh, Benro, why don't you go ahead and read my review of the Boston? Am Bruins. I looking at a hockey jersey or am I looking at the sun? Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> this could have been balanced out with a bit more black, but I understand the look the Bruins are going for. Then there's this one with the saber tooth tiger. The predator. That one has a good balance between black. Gold and white, and the only reason versus that, looking like somebody like threw yellow paint at you. The only reason that uh, Ben and I didn't have that rated too high was because that's their jersey now. It's it's yes. the same type of concept of the Islanders jersey. Like it didn't really change much. I do like the you fact that it's bold. yellow. Yeah, but I understand what the Bruins were going for, Joe. I, I do like that the simplified Bruins logo that's from like the '80s they have on it, though. I've always liked that B. It's a nice. But it's just too much yellow. I wonder yeah. if um, uh, Santa Claus is listening. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, yeah, it could be possible. Maybe Ben Watson will have a couple extra jerseys under the tree this year. <laughs> Didn't the Bruins have one at one time that was more predominantly black? Kind of. Yeah, a, that's most of their jerseys. Yeah, yeah more of I like those. Their home jerseys are mm-hmm. uh, primarily black. And I would have liked to see the bear. Now, quickly. The Pooh bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, I like the bear. so, when will these jerseys be actually worn? 
um, this year, as yeah. far as I know, right? Not all the time. No, no, no. no. Th- these will basically be an alternate jersey that teams will probably wear, I don't know, six to ten times throughout the season. I don't know that um, I like this has all been confirmed, from, but from what I've heard in terms of general plans they have, it'll be like four to five games a year for each team, and okay. they'll have each team wear their retro oh, against in, each other. Against yeah. each other yeah. Ooh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Especially, man, I mean... That yeah, hopefully the Senators and Blues aren't playing each other, things like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it might probably more match towards, it up. Like yeah, rivals like they'll have Habs. Oh, and that wouldn't work. Habs Leafs, blue blue. Huh? No. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Habs I think, Bruins maybe. I think right. I think this was I think this was fun though. Well, I, one what? last ranking to take us out, real quick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what's fact, your favorite? Well, did I you already say that was Detroit. I think I already said it's the fact that I like... Um, which one did I say? What's my favorite? Um, <laughs> Just point at it. We'll tell you which based one Based on these, honestly, I... It's probably changed my mind from what I first said. But again, I gotta go with Dragon Horse. You like the Calgary Dragon Horse. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. But my last ranking. Look at this mugshot of Joe LaFranca. Let's rank <laughs> these mugshots real quick. So, Joe oh, LaFranca, no. crisp white background. <laughs> stark. But... I appreciate the hint of blue in your collar. In the collar, That's yes. a very nice touch. If it was just black, it wouldn't really stand up. But that's like, you know, I'm professional, but I'm also I'm cool <laughs> on the inside. And the, the slick glasses, very nice. But okay. Ben Watson oh, no. <laughs> is the fact that those glasses, which are different than the ones you're wearing now, they're like yeah. tinted a little bit, is that they give, yeah, I'm a cool guy. Yeah, it's kind of like late summer, early autumn. <laughs> and then the background, it was that on campus? That was actually that's in, that's in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> that it's it's nice it, and it works so well it's a with very your jacket. Old photo. So. It's two two I think two years old. I think we need photo. new mug shots. So I got to give Ben Watson the edge in this one. The, everything comes together very well. Okay. Though. So no. retro retro mug shots. Ben Watson gets it. That 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 is fair. So and on the next podcast episode, Ben Watson will tell his tale of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, <laughs> yes. No. Okay. But on this note, this was fun. But Joe, go ahead. Do us, do us a favor and, and sign us off. Yes, always fun to talk about uniforms. You know, they say the clothes make the man, so <laughs> we'll see how they do this season. And thanks again for listening, everybody. And once again, we'd like to wish everybody a little weak side time.